Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Is it, though? You wonder. Oh, I just How important you. last night might have been for Jameis Winston, a preseason game on Monday Night Football, but it might have mattered. Good morning, everybody. Oh, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, man. presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key. Patrick McEnroe joining us as well. We will get to tennis. Yes. We will get yes. to Jets. J-E-T-S. <laughs> yes. to get to, of That's course. pretty good, sir. What, wait, what was yeah. that? Yeah. That looked more like volleyball. <laughs> no, that, man, stop. That a, right. That's a jump serve. You want me to jump and... And grunt. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, really there, yeah this is yeah, you need to get a little more snap in there. Like you throw in the baseball later know? in the show. Tennis lessons yeah. <laughs> for Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Right. But but, you know, first and foremost, of course, is the decision that we're waiting on now. There's a lot of the quarterback decision. decisions we're waiting on. But the, we keep saying the New Orleans thing is a bigger story to me than really any other quarterback story in the league. I, I think it is because you're replacing a future Hall of Famer, placing a legend, a guy that has been the constant there for such a long time, and you hope you have the guy in-house in Jameis Winston. And he played very well last night in a preseason game, 9 of 10, uh, 123 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. The two touchdowns were also, you know, uh, highlight film kind of catches that were impressive. But we're waiting to see now for this decision. The decision seems to have been made, though. They seem to have their guy. Well, based on the way that they put things together for him last night in the first quarter when he was able to go 9-10, 123, and two touchdowns, it it certainly seemed like that that is what they wanted to see. They're not going to name a starter right now. The beauty of it is, though, is I like a veteran guy who's done it. He's got a lot of wins in this league and a lot of turnovers, okay? The turnovers can be eliminated, as we saw last night, based on how the game is called – the play design, and who's calling the plays mm-hmm. at that particular time. The beauty of it is is I watched him drop back, and I just it, – it put chills in my body because pre-snap read, he gets underneath the center, he drops back. He knows exactly where he wants to go with the football, but his head and eyes go somewhere different, which now moves the safety where he wants the safety to go. He knows it. He hits the back foot, switches his entire head back the other way and delivers the football – that's what they want to see. They want to see that sort of stuff. Because kind of when they draw it up, it's like, okay, it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you may not know what I'm talking about just quite yet. No idea. Until the clip is <laughs> once the clip Clueless. is shown right. and I'll show you the clip, you'll go, oh, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see. Because the clip is coming from the defensive side looking into his eyes. And as soon as he takes the ball, the snap of the ball, his eyes go right to the right. But he knows I can see Patrick already. I can see him. I know what he's going to do. So as soon as I transfer that weight and come back over there and launch the ball, it was just a thing of beauty. Sean them is watching that on their tape and their film. They're looking at that this morning and going, yeah, this is why we got to probably start this guy. That little stuff like that. Yeah, I'm glad you you rephrased it in a different way so now I can understand what you were saying. Because you're right. I didn't know what the heck you were saying. But I'll, I'll say this. When you talk about the turnovers, I said interceptions earlier. It's only 88 interceptions. It's 111 turnovers <laughs> yeah, since turnovers. he came into the league, Jameis Winston, back in 2015. But I, I totally agree. He's now in a perfect situation. Watching that game last night, that beautiful catch this year. Oh. The, first, the, the, the first couple of series is, I mean, what, a, what an awesome, well-oiled offensive machine. And that's what Sean Payton's done 
throughout his career. And now they've, and now they've got a guy who can execute it. So this is the perfect situation. Sean Payton said, listen, we're going to make sure that we put this guy in a situation where he's not going to have all these turnovers. And that, to me, is where he can really shine and do his thing. If you're going to replace, a, a, you know, again, a Hall of Famer like that, you want to have somebody in his prime who certainly has great potential. Let's bring in Chris Canny, host of DCR on ESPN 98.7 in New York and, of course, Super Bowl champion as well. CC, good morning. So what did you see from Jameis last night, and can you break it down the way Key just did? Well, I'll say this. I mean, I was really impressed with Jameis's deep ball accuracy. I mean, just being able to put it on the money to Quest Callaway on those two touchdown throws, like that that's really impressive. And that that's really an element that has been missing from this Saints offense in years past under Drew Brees. For as great as Drew Brees is, future Hall of Famer, all of those great things, one of the most accurate the game has ever seen, being able to push the ball down the field as effectively as what we saw from Jameis last night, that's something that, that, that this offense has been lacking. So the fact that Jameis Winston has shown that he's proficient in being able to do that, that's, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Now, the biggest question with Jameis is being able to cut down on the turnovers. And the thing that stood out to me last night was on that second series, on that third down, after they had a couple of false starts, they made it third and long. He saw something down the field. It looked like he wanted to take a shot at it, but then he thought better of it, and he decided he was going to check the ball down to Tony Jones. Now, even though it was an incompletion, that decision to not try to push the ball into a coverage where it could end up being a turnover-worthy play, like to me, that shows the growth and maturation of the quarterback, and that has everything to do with being able to get with Sean Payton and watch Drew Brees up close and personal last year. So if Jameis can show that type of restraint, if he can avoid making those critical mistakes and then continue to challenge all three levels of the defense the way that he did last night, I just think that this – that makes this New Orleans Saints offense a problem once we get to the regular season. Let's stay with the quarterbacks for a minute and shift things here uh, east and talk about Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Zach Wilson is having all of these Jet fans, you know, across don't, the nation. Don't, don't put it. Don't, don't go say it like wild that. Wild and crazy. And the tone is unacceptable. Screaming and My hollering and jumping up and down <laughs> because they think they finally got a guilty, legitimate guilty. quarterback. That they could that can lead them down the road and potentially see themselves in a Super Bowl for the first time since whenever. That's kind of what Alan Hahn wanted me to you ask. Know, the you know, the NFL has <laughs> Zach Wilson on its Twitter profile. Oh God, you know it's stop. Zach Wilson throwing a football as their Twitter profile. There it's you not you know, some Hall of Fame. It's not Tom Brady. It's Zach Wilson. They That's switch that. that thing like every two or three hours. Are you sure, because you know how many Jets fans right. have been the last few years, man. You know how it's been. First, Sam Donald was supposed to be the savior. A few years ago, it was Mark Sanchez. Why can't you let Jets fans have it right now? Zach Wilson is playing great. Now, we get it. It's only preseason. The tale will be told once we get to the regular season. But let Jets fans live a little bit, Key. No. Because it's only going to it, it, it's only going to upset them more because they are delusional as to where their team is right now. The first thing that happens is they get hyped about the way he's performed in the preseason. The regular season comes and they don't understand why they're not performing at the same level because they can't quite get that they're not a good football team today. They don't want to hear about tomorrow. They want it instantly in New York, and I'm ready to burst their bubble. He's going to be okay. But don't put the, uh, the horse be, uh, cart before the horse. 
Don't do it. And that's what they do. Let this Gee, dude I, develop. Key, I think you got to let the Jets fans make it, man. I think you got to let them make <laughs> Thank it on this you, one, Chris. man. Like, Thank it's, you. Been, it's been so, so long since they can feel this way about a young signal caller. And, you know, listen, from what we've seen so far in the preseason, you got to say that Zach Wilson is having the best preseason among all the rookie quarterbacks, mm. just the way that this guy is playing. I mean, Key, the fact that he hadn't had any three and outs in any of the drives that he's led, and he's been a part of leading four scoring drives, like four touchdown drives, like to me, that is a huge step in the right direction. You it saw that is, he, you Chris. saw that he had some chemistry with Corey Davis and Tyler yes. Croft in that yes. game against the Packers. You saw him being able to manipulate the defense with his eyes. Point in case was that crosser out on third down with Corey Davis. He looked the defense off to his right, threw it back across to the left. Like those types of things. It makes you feel good about his potential in the Jets actually having the infrastructure around the kid to realize said potential. So, Key, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong. All I'm saying is just let Jets fans live a little bit because yeah, they finally got a yeah. quarterback they yeah. can feel good oh, about. I'm going to leave it alone. Let me, let me I'm going to leave it alone. I'll rephrase that. I'm going to leave it Back alone. Back the hell off and I'm let us have something. I'm going to leave it alone. When week 12 roll around and they screaming and hollering and talking about he's a bum because their record doesn't indicate it, they, I'm going to leave it alone. I'll be four, busy. They're 4 and 11. Keita ain't been in the playoffs in 10 years. Let them have I'm something. I'm going to leave it alone. Something. Let them have something. They, they can have, have a preseason it. championship. Let me hang uh, a banner in the preseason, please. Hey, man. I know. Thank you, Chris. At least I got your back, Al. I got you. I'm going to leave it alone. I got you. It takes a former giant champion. I got you. It takes a former giant who, they, who laughed at the Jets when they offered Key, if you want to make them feel bad, don't talk about the quarterback. Just talk about their defense. Why do you – see, you didn't have to do that, Chris. Uh, you had to throw that in. <laughs> Completely unnecessary. How about instead we talk about the other team that played last night yeah. in the Jacksonville Jaguars and what we saw out of Urban Meyer on the sideline. It had nothing to do with play calling, which a lot of people are criticizing, but the face he was making. Is he mm. long for this job, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. And the eight ball says doubtful. I mean, listen, when he, when he decided that he was going to sign Tim Tebow and convert him to the tight end at 34 years old, I had my mm. questions about it. And then you heard the rumors about him having, you know, the, the practices where he's he's grading every single single play in the practices and he's going to use that to, to base his roster decisions off of. I was just like, I, I don't know if Urban Meyer completely gets it about how this thing in the NFL goes. And so when you saw that game last night, and and just looking at the offensive line and their inability to be able to protect Trevor Lawrence and the lack of creativity when it comes to some of the play calling, I, I just I, I not only do I wonder whether or not Irvin Meyer can be successful, but I wonder if they're going to be able to protect Trevor Lawrence and keep that guy mm. healthy all year long. Not- like that's my biggest concern because I mean I feel like based on him being put at risk as many times as he was last night, being outside of the pocket and taking some of those hits. I, I don't think that that's a brand of football that's going to lend itself to him being able to be at his best. So I just, you know, to have the number one overall pick, to understand what that means, to be able to get your hands on a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say that I trust the staff down in Jacksonville that they're going to do right by this kid. Chris Kenny joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris, uh, what you're saying uh, is not exclusive just to your thinking because – Brian Greasy was on our show yesterday, and this is going to be for last night's broadcast, which Brian, of course, is part of on Monday Night Football. And we talked about Urban Meyer, and he had this to say about Urban's staying power in Jacksonville. They are a long way from you know competing uh, at a high level, and now you add in a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. Um, you know, 
forget all of the that he's been in college and hasn't been in the NFL. Like if we were just talking about this team uh, with those factors, you'd say it's going to be a tough, tough road. Now you bring into the equation that this is the first time Urban is doing a lot of these uh, things. We, I talked to them yesterday about game management and running clock and analytics and how you make decisions on a, on a weekly basis. Um, how are you implementing what you ran offensively in college with what Daryl Bevel has done throughout his career and how you integrate those things. I mean, that's a, that's a process. So there's a lot of moving parts and it's going to be tough. There's, there's no question. I think urban understands it's going to be tough. Um, so uh, long haul is not, not words I would use key. No. Well, when you look at it, Canty uh, and you, you talk about getting the quarterback beat up and, and, starting him and playing him. See, I am of the belief that this is a red shirt year in the National Football League in such in to such due time because you cannot protect him. You can't you don't have a winning product that you can put on the field right now today. Mm-hmm. So why roll him out there when we know if we watch two games against Cleveland in this last game last night against New Orleans and the pressure came to bear. Why not protect him into such due time, put him out there getting beat up. All of a sudden he goes into some sort of shock where he's seeing ghosts when it's not even there because he's being hit so much. Why, why even put that situation out there for him when you're not going anywhere and you have a capable backup that could start however many games he needs to start until Trevor could really fully understand this is not – Clemson versus North Carolina. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Keith. For me, I mean, there's still something to be gained even if the team is not going anywhere. Yeah, like, even I if agree. Jacksonville is not a playoff team, like, you still have the opportunity to get your quarterback experience. Now, if you want to protect them, then I think the way to do that is by the play calling and trying mm-hmm. to have staples in your offense that kind of insulates your quarterback so he's not exposed, so your offensive line and your deficiencies aren't exposed. To me, that would be the way – that I go about it. But then the other part about this thing is they're trying to reestablish a culture in Jacksonville. Like, like right now, they're having a hard time being consistently competitive. And to me, it would be a tough sell to the other 52 guys in that locker room if you have a better option at the quarterback position and you decide for whatever reason not to play him. So I, I just – I'm not going to sit here and say you put Trevor Lawrence in bubble wrap, you put him on the shelf, and you forget about him his rookie year. I think you have to play him, but I also recognize that your offense has to look a lot different than it's looked the first couple of weeks of the preseason if the kid is going to survive his rookie year. Chris, it's Patrick McEnroe here, and I appreciate your answer there because I've been trying to explain this to these guys. They don't listen to me. So now i got a real <laughs> football guy, okay, giving my side of it. So thank you for doing that and making me look a little smarter than I actually am. I got your back, uh, But Pat. let me hear about what your, your thoughts are on the NFC East because obviously um, you know, you're going to be covering that. Where, where do you think that's – how do you think that's looking this year? Well, here's the thing. I, I think this is Dallas's division to lose. And to take it a step further, if the Cowboys – don't get it done this year with this core group of guys, then they're probably going to have to break up the band. Mm. Now, I, I realize they just locked Dak Prescott into a long-term contract. He's not going anywhere. But when you start to look at some of the other big contracts that they got on this roster, Demarcus Lawrence and Tyron Smith and Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, like they're not going to be able to keep all of these guys together. Like I feel like they're in the heart of the window with this core of players. And so – 
to me, this is the year that they got to get it done. Like with the Washington football team, there are still some questions on the offensive side of the ball, and we don't fully trust Ryan Fitzpatrick, been in the league 17 years, ain't never been to the playoffs. With the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think I got to spell out all the different issues that that franchise is dealing with. And then with the New York Giants, there's still questions about what their offense and their young signal caller are going to look like. So if you're the Cowboys, you got the best quarterback in the division, you, you feel like you have one of the most dominant units in the division with your offense, like this is the year that you got to get it done. So if they don't get it done, to me you have to view this as a massive failure. Chris, uh, Key has it at 60% Dallas, 40% Giants. He doesn't feel anybody else can win that division. Would you say the Giants then are that team that would be the second team that you could expect to win that division, or are you going Washington? Uh, why are you going to do this to me, Al? Why, why are you going to do this to me? You know you know, my heart is with the Giants. Of course. You know that. They heart That's ain't why with you, doing it. My, my yeah. heart is with the Giants, but, but, but I, but I got I got to say this, man. I, I think the Washington football team, I, I mean, that defense – is something that you can hang your hat on, and that's going to keep you in a lot of games. And you know that Ron Rivera in year two is just going to continue to build on the culture that he established last year. So, I, I mean, I, I like some of the pieces that they added in the offseason on the offensive side of the ball. Terry McLaurin is emerging as one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL. Um, we'll see what Gibson gives you. Um, I like Logan Thomas at the tight end spot. Like, I just think there's a lot to like with the Washington football team. To me, the biggest question – uh, about that offense beyond the quarterback is whether or not that offensive line is going to be able to hold up. They got Sam Cosme, that right tackle, that rookie out of Texas. We'll see if he's able to hold down that side, hold down the fort there. But I, I think the Washington football team would probably be the team that I would have second in line in the NFC East behind the Dallas Cowboys. Daniel Jones going to play this weekend? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what everybody is saying. That's what the, the organization is putting out there, that he's going to play the first half of the Patriots preseason game along with all the other starters. Um, so we'll get our first glimpse at him. Um, I, I, I think this is this is a huge year for Daniel Jones. He's got to be able to put the turnovers behind him, but he's also got to be a much more productive quarterback than what we saw last year. I mean, being able to account for, for only you know, 10, 11 touchdowns is not going to be able to get it done when you were the sixth overall pick three seasons ago. So I just this is going to be a big year for him. He's got to take that next step in order for this offense and this team to take that next step. If he does, then you're probably talking about the Giants being in the playoff picture once we get to December. Who's the pressure more on that? Is it on, I mean, they're both kind of tethered, Daniel Jones or Dave Gettleman? Well, I, I think the pressure is on Daniel Jones more so than Dave Gettleman. I, I mean, I, I feel like I can see a scenario where, you know, Dan, Daniel Jones doesn't doesn't live up to the expectations of being the sixth overall pick, and yet the Giants are still able to find a way to be competitive. And Dave Gettleman can sell to the to the to ownership that he's got two first round draft picks, he's got multiple picks in three of the first four rounds in next year's draft. He'll have pathways to be able to add a quarterback if Daniel Jones doesn't prove himself to be the guy this year. So I, I just feel like there's there's a lot of pressure on DJ to be able to get it done. Dave Gettleman has surrounded him with the requisite talent that it takes to be able to compete at a high level uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, I mean, there really is no excuse for Daniel Jones not to play much better than what we've seen in the past couple of years. Chris, great job as always. Good to catch up with you, my man. Thank you. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Chris Ken, again, Super Bowl champion with the Giants, also played for the Cowboys as well, knows the NFC East very well. and. Yeah, he sees Washington as also factoring in and things yeah, there. They could, they could factor in. I just don't. I don't know about the quarterback. I'm not, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just, just don't know about him.
I know that they got a great defense. The defense is emerging, and Jack Del Rio's done a tremendous job there. But I just don't know about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Terry McClellan over there, he's learning how to play the position at a high level in the pros. But outside of that, it's like, what what is it? Uh, I know what Ron Rivera wants to do and what he believes in, mm-hmm. but can that style in the regular season beat, uh, uh, collect enough wins for you to win that division in a real situation opposed to last year? You know? Yeah, last year everybody was bad, so yeah. it just took a strong finish. And and to your question, why haven't we seen Daniel Jones? I mean, what? It, it's not like the guys. It's not he's not Aaron Rodgers. I thought he needed reps. Yeah, right? so did I. Why, there's a lot of these young guys that haven't played unless they're protecting in the preseason. Him, don't want to get hurt. Strange. He does that? That does tend to happen. That, with that him. to me is they're a, playing him is in a the red third light. preseason game, possibly. Right. But when would you, you play him in the third? Well, they are. Yeah, that's right. When you play him in the second, just to confirm, he's going to play the whole first half. Yeah, see, I don't know. See, why wouldn't you play him this I guess maybe they look at it as their dress rehearsal because right. it's the last preseason, which is technically the third preseason okay. this, of, of last seasons <laughs> right. or two seasons ago preseason. Yeah. Now they're looking at it this way and saying, okay, it's still our third preseason, and we got two weeks off for the regular season, so give him enough work. That way he doesn't okay. go into the regular season without working. Yeah, uh, out, okay. out when well. he's cold. But we'll see how that all works. We'll see works. how it pans right. out. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Much more on the Washington football team, including an expert on their defense. And that's what it's all about in Washington. That we'll get to after Key has this from DoorDash. DoorDash here with Summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. Need a nightcap? $10 off. Got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. Want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now with Dash Pass in the Dash Door app. DoorDash app, that is. And stay cool out there. Terms and conditions apply. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, is it the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. This is Marty Smith, and I'm ready. This is Max Kellerman, and the Giants are ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Carolina Panthers are ready. Zellin Hahn, I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key, Patrick McEnroe in studio with us. And on the Goodyear Hotline, let's go to London Fletcher, Super Bowl champ. Two-time All-Pro, certainly knows everything about defense and certainly knows what's going on down in Washington. London, good morning. How are you? Good morning. What's going on, fellas? What's happening, man? So let's discuss. Oh, you got it, Key. Let's discuss Washington first and foremost in the NFC East, as I will reveal for you that, that Key believes it's Dallas, it's the Giants, and no one else. Make a case for Washington in that division. <laughs> Come on, Key, man. How could you think you, you're going to just – Dismissed the, the defending uh, uh, NFC East champs, and you know with Washington, when you look at that defense and and what they they did last year, and then um, this offseason they got better at the uh, with bringing some playmakers. You know, going out and get Curtis Samuel. I like uh, Sam Cosby, Cosme, who they drafted in the second round to tackle out of Texas. Um, I think they'll get Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback position. That'll be. He'll he'll be a solid starter for them. So I don't think it's a it's definitely a lot of Philly Dallas conversation. It's a it's a Washington, in my opinion, Washington um, Dallas conversation. I think Washington is 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 right there, uh, London. There's no question about it. I just think that what the Giants was able to do in the off season, signing guys, bringing guys in. I think also getting Saquon Barkley back just makes them a little bit stronger. They may not have the defensive unit that Washington has, but their defensive unit didn't wasn't all that bad last year. They played pretty good down the stretch. And then it's obviously the Cowboys, that Prescott back in the saddle, offensive line back healthy. It just gives me a stronger belief that Dallas wins the division with somewhat the Giants trying to fight for the second spot. And Washington's kind of right there, but I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. The moment that things don't go the way that they're supposed to go. Now, all of a sudden, you force Ron Revere to have to turn to somebody else, and they will do that. Now you turn into an inexperienced quarterback in Heineke. Heineke. I almost called him Heineken. Heineke (laughs) at the backup role. He's coming soon. You might need one if you uh, go to him. I know, right? But all of a sudden, he's had limited playing experience, and now you think, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick is about to trick off our season. We got to do something different. And so you put a you put the coaching staff in a very uh, vulnerable position to make a decision. That's the only reason why I even have them at three. Yeah, I can, I can understand your um, your pause and your you know just your question mark with the with the Ryan Fitzpatrick because he does have a tendency to turn the football over. This is what we need Ryan to do. He cannot have you could he can have a one turnover game. He he'll throw an interception, but he can't have those games where he's throwing the football 
to the other team, you know, multiple times in a ball game. Even as strong as that defense is, you can't have those type of ball games where he's just throwing the football up there, being a gunslinger. And I'm sure Ron Rivera has emphasized that enough to Ryan. Hey, we don't need you to go out here and be the guy, the reason that we win these ball games. We have the number two ranked defense in the National Football League that's only going to be better um, this year. We have playmaker. We got an Antonio Gibson who can run the football. We have a, uh, a tight end in Logan Thomas who can make plays. You got Curtis Samuel. We got Terry McLaurin. We have guys that can make plays. We don't need you to be the savior or the, or the guy who's going to, um, you know, carry the load. Just don't turn the football over. And I, I look at, um, I know Dallas has, has, um, you know, Dak Prescott coming back and they'll be, they'll be good offensively, but there's still question marks with that defense, even with Dan Quinn, as the new defensive coordinator. Um, last time I checked when uh, Dan Quinn was the, the head coach at, at uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, they couldn't stop anybody last year. So, you know, we, all of a sudden he's he's a great defensive coordinator a, again. But, um, you know, when his defense in, in, in Atlanta couldn't stop anybody, they were giving up 30-plus points per game. So I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying about the New York Giants. The defense did play good. But it's still, to me, Washington's division to lose. London Fletcher, former NFL linebacker with the Washington football team, Super Bowl champion as well with the Rams, L- joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. London, when you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC East, who will have a better year out of the two young guns, Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones? Well, full disclosure, Key, my kids actually go to the, the uh, school that um, – that Daniel Jones went to uh, Charlotte Latin down here in uh, Charlotte. So I'm a big time Daniel Jones fan. I I saw him play when he was in high school. He has tremendous talent. Um, Jalen Hurst is still, you don't know what he's going to be like. It's a new offense. Um, he has some playmakers as well. They went out and added some pieces for him. Um, Biasly, I'm pulling for Daniel Jones. He has the uh, he has the tools, but he has to stay healthy and he, and, um, he can't turn the football over either. Fumbling has been an issue for him. London is Patrick McEnroe here, and uh, earlier we had on another Super Bowl champ and Chris Canty, and he said that he thought that if the Cowboys don't don't have a great season, if they don't go deep in the playoffs, maybe even win the Super Bowl with Dak, obviously back, they hope healthy, that he thinks they're going to blow, they sort of blow up the entire team. Obviously, they're going to keep Prescott. They've got him for a number more years. Do you agree with that assessment? I mean, Dallas, I don't think it's a mandate to win the Super Bowl or having a, a deep playoff game, uh, run. I think when you got a coach like Mike McCarthy, you bring him in, he, he's won the Super Bowl, you you paid Dak all that money. And if he doesn't, if they don't have a, a – they don't win a division, they don't make the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, I can see where, where Chris is coming from with that, um, with that statement and understanding, hey – you know, maybe we need to hit the reset button. The offensive line continues to get older. If they're if they don't stay healthy, then you're gonna you probably may have to hit hit the reset button in uh, in Dallas. London, we were talking about something yesterday. I just want to get your take as a defensive player on it. So Key was telling me that practice squad players, you know, you make. We found out it's like if you played, if you stayed with the team a whole year, you could make almost like one hundred and forty thousand in a year. With so the I new just, CBA. Yeah, the new CBA. So I would say, yeah. like, if I'm in mm-hmm. my 20s and I was a football player, like, say, high school and college, but maybe wasn't good enough to get drafted yet, I'm good oh. enough to at least be a practice squad guy. I'm, I'm signing up for that 100%. I'd rather do that than be in, uh, you know, in a cubicle. And I'll do that as long as somebody will keep me around. And Keith said, but that hurts. You get hit. That first mm-hmm. time you get hit, it's going to change the way you think. So 
can you talk me out of it as a defensive player if I want to be? So I'm 6'5", I'm about 225. That's been my weight for the last 20 years, okay? I played at that weight in college, basketball now. So talk me out of it, why I wouldn't want that life, because that sounds like pretty good money in your 20s. It, it, it does. It's, it's great money. But I will say this, Keith, you got to think about this. They don't hit as much in practice anymore. So he's, he wouldn't be getting mm. – getting hit that much so the fact that um you know if he, assuming he's good enough to to make the practice squad and you know you sign me up now it, it's tough it's tough being a pro football player uh you you make it 140,000 and you're um uh, you're doing this only for six months out of the year I, you know but I, but, I but see he, London, I, I can rest for the other six months <laughs> but, but see London I, I, I wasn't just talking about I wasn't just talking about getting hit I'm talking about the grind of professional it, yeah. Football that hurts. Waking up, man. <laughs> hey, London. You know what it's like running in the cold, all in one tens that you had to run in the man. cold in DC. Like that hurts. Hey, listen, that that was the reason why that grind is what forced me to say, you know what, I'm 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 ready to retire. Even though I had played 16 years, I didn't want to do that grind another year. So I, I get your point, but. Key, you got to think about money as a driving factor here. $140,000 versus, let's call it forty or $50,000. Right. He's going to figure out a way to, to deal with it for at least a, a year or two. I, I have to I believe it. A, a year or two I could buy fine. a pretty good cold tub with hundred forty. A year or two is fine. But when you start getting into your fifth year, talking about you want to still try nah, to play football, nah. that's what I was trying to explain to him. Like, man, you better go home. Nah. I might let no. It's time. It's time to. It's time to move on. You can't. You can't be out there still trying to make the make the team. At, uh, you're almost thirty years old, and <laughs> no, it's time it's to move time, on. Time. You know what though? You you, you talked me into it because as you said, they don't hit as much in practice. So all right, I'm they convinced still, they still hit though. They still hit. <laughs> hey, London, thanks so much for the time, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, London. All right, thanks for having me, guys. All right, London Fletcher on. The Goodyear Hotline. Coming up, let's talk some tennis. Yeah, let's, let's find go. out about uh, a, a legend in the making. And in, in fact, what we could be looking forward to the U.S. Open is something we haven't seen in a very long time. We will discuss after I have this from Goodyear. Every move we make pushes us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or the field. Movement is how we make our impression on the world. It's part of who we are. And when we pursue it with everything we've got, it shows us who we'll become. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every mile marker we pass takes us to a new place and shows the world just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. Riley in South Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, day one, listen to man. I'm a big fan. Hey, Jay, I appreciate your football acumen. Hey, Zubin, you the man. Key, I appreciate you and you down here in Carolina too, baby. I appreciate More that. More from Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. 
the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm fine. I'm happy. Uh, uh, a lot right of questions there. on that one. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us in the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Patrick McEnroe in with Key. And uh, the fact, just hearing that back again, that was what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. We, we both came back from vacation. I was sitting U- here. Uber in canceled. The studio. Did you Uber canceled on me multiple times? Is that what you have to No, excuse? no, uh, I just happened to wake up a little late. A little late. A little, a little late. Yeah, a coming little. back from vacation. Yeah. Yeah. A little late, but uh, compared saw, to when I'm normally here, <laughs> right? You said you looked at your phone and saw producer. Yeah. Well, he's smart. because because I have. Is that how you put Evan? You put Evan in your phone as producer. Yeah. You put I, Evan's name. No, it's Evan producer. producer. Yeah. ESPN, ESPN radio. Right. You so when I first, out? yeah, because when I first took the job, yeah. I didn't know him, and that was the contact. That's what I put in. Evan, how do you feel about being known as producer in Key's <laughs> phone? All good. Well, what the good? hell else am I supposed yeah. to put? So, put so you know how many damn producers I got? But he's Evan. He's not a damn yeah, producer. Yeah, but he, he might be doing TV one day. He might be doing could, radio another day. They may even put him on the magazine. Oh no. I mean, that's it just could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Like, <laughs> like I was talking to Bob Glauber last week. He said he wanted to call me something else in the book. So as long as I'm not that in his phone, I'm not that in the book, I'm good. What did I want to call you? So both yeah. of you were late. You were late. Starts with no. an L. No, no, starts never with an late. L, no, and no, the other no, one no, starts no. with an S. No, some some might say I let, just stayed let, too let, long. Let, let me just let's just say say for the record that I beat both you. I mean, talk yes, about you the rookie. Here. You know, I'm the rookie. Yeah. So I was here. There, you know, the nice lady at the reception was like, "Who are you?" I said, well, I, I, "I'm sitting in today." She said, "Oh yeah, they usually meet over there, but nobody's here yet." I said, that's so good. You know, I got well I, I to learn the lay of the land here. Tom yeah. Coughlin time, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're exactly. on time, you're late. That's right. So th- I appreciate that. But we are, uh, we are on time, though, for the U.S. Open. That's right. And that is right yeah. now here in New York City, it's the time of year. The U.S. Open comes around, you know, okay, it's like back to school, back to summer school, towards the end. Start the football season. And it's, the start, yeah. it's just that, that feeling. That's what the U.S. Open always, every year just feels like that thing here in New York City. But we've got some history, potentially, in this U.S. Open. We do. Uh, Novak Djokovic is going for the Grand Slam, which means winning all four of the majors in the same year. Steffi Graf, the only one to have done it. You know, Serena was close a couple of years yep. ago. She lost in the U.S. Open semifinals. So he's won the Australian Open. He's won the French Open where he beat Nadal, who's dominated that tournament. Then he wins Wimbledon, which we all expected. Lost in the Olympics. He was going for right. the Golden Slam, which only Steffi Graf has done that same year she won uh, the Olympics, she won the slam as well. He lost there, uh, but he's certainly the prohibitive favorite going into the U.S. Open. But we're, we're lacking a little of the big-time star appeal because Nadal is out, and so is Roger Federer, who's going to have another – just had another knee surgery. Yeah. But that all being said, I think still the guys that have the most 
chance to beat him are still in the tournament. They're the younger guys that the casual fan may not know that well. Daniel Medvedev, Alexander Zverev, who won the gold in the Olympics. Um, Sitsipas, a kid from Greek, the other Greek freak. Uh, so those guys, I think, have the best chance to actually beat Djokovic in the U.S. Open. So a week and a week and a half from now, who's going to be the guy or gal that we sit there and we go, damn, we didn't know that mm-hmm. could happen. Well, I think it'll be, you know, there's very few surprises in men's tennis when you get to the latter stage because the top guys are just so much better, so much more consistent than than the rest of the field. So I think on the men's side, it's unlikely you'll see a huge shock. There are a couple of young American guys that have done well this summer, so we're sort of looking for that next American star. Sebastian Corda, Jensen Brooksby, a couple of young guys, Brandon Nakashima. On the women's side, Coco Goff, I mean, we're sort of waiting to see if she can break through and make mm-hmm. a big, big run at a major. She's done well. She's at the highest point she's ever yeah. been in the, in the rankings right now. And it wouldn't shock me to see her go deep at the U.S. Open. Let me ask you more about Djokovic because I found it great what he said, this is before the Olympics, when, you know how we do it in sports, especially in the, for some reason the NBA is really the one sport where we do this all the time, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, right. the GOAT argument debate and whether or not this one now is moving into the conversation. I mean, you know, he is obviously one of the greats of his generation, if not probably the, he's the best player in the world right now. But where, where he even downplayed it, how you can't compare eras. And I love the way he said that because he wanted to show respect to those who came before him right. in previous eras. But where would you put him, especially if he gets this done, if he gets this slam done? I, he'd have to be the greatest ever. I mean, ever. he's got 20. He's got 20 majors now in singles. He's equal right now with Nadal and mm-hmm. Federer. He just caught them. Mm-hmm. And it's mm. t- basically he's been chasing them his entire career. So you had Federer, who was in front, you see, with 20 throughout his career. Nadal then caught him. And now Djokovic has been chasing both of them down. And when you look at the head-to-head overall, Djokovic has the lead against both of them. He's beaten Federer at Wimbledon, which is the best one for mm-hmm. Federer throughout his career. He's beaten Nadal now a couple of times at the French Open, which he's dominated. So Djokovic, you know, just by all measurements, yeah. head-to-head, total titles, and even the non-major titles is clearly number one at the moment. Why, does it seem, why is it that Federer seems to get more of the of the love the, he gets the, some more the of the love attention yeah. yeah when it comes to them and knowing that he's beaten them head to head as many times as he has even though on the on the on the slam circuit they're all equal mm-hmm. why is that well people love Roger Federer it's just it's just he's he was the first guy to go that far he's the most beautiful player to watch the way he plays the style that he plays with i mean anywhere you go in the world to a tennis tournament, a tennis match, people just froth over Roger Federer. <laughs> and Nadal's got his fans as well that are equally as rabid about him. So Djokovic, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of an edge to him. He's got mm-hmm. a little bit of an attitude mm-hmm. to him. And that sort of rubs some people the wrong, the wrong way over the years. But the, the facts speak for themselves. And he's, right now, he's the man. We only have about 30 seconds. So, and I, I hate to do this to you in 30 seconds, but Federer, is this – the end will we not see him play well we again? hope we'll see him again at some point next year i mean we hope so uh the u.s open and any of the majors not the same without him by the way we start our coverage in the qualifying today on espn news every day 11 to 5 and then of course the big one starts uh you know just on under a week's time two weeks on espn 
uh, for the U.S. Open. So right, we'll hopefully we'll see Roger for one more year. Yeah, uh, it would be great to be able to get that opportunity, no doubt about it. We also want to get you to get Key a lesson. But <laughs> coming up <laughs> that next, That might though, be a little more complicated. We have right. some breaking news from the world of college football. We'll tell you about it wow. next.